Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, USG fam? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Noble Weiss, and I'm very excited to welcome a longtime supporter and friend of Uncommon Sports Group, Michael Parson, onto the podcast today. Mike recently began his new role as the Director of Equipment Services with the Minnesota Vikings back in early April, and prior to his present role with the Vikings, Mike was the Director of Equipment Services with the Houston Texans and the Head Equipment Manager at both the University of New Orleans and Benedict College. Mike, it's good to see you, brother. Good to be here. Yes, sir. It's kind of crazy that I'm living in Minneapolis now, (laughs) but it's the Lord's will, so that's why I'm here. Absolutely. A guy from the south up here in Minneapolis. I know. It's good to have you. It's 88-degree weather. It's really nice, so I'm not complaining too much about it. Yes, sir. It only lasts for so long, (laughs) so you better better enjoy it. And, Mike, I, I think it'd be good just to have you start off by sharing a bit about your faith story and why you decided to pursue a career in equipment. Yeah, uh, for me, I would say my faith started very early, at a very early age, because, you know, my mom, we grew up in the church. So, especially in the South, the doors of the church were open, we were in it. Whether Mm. it was choir practice, whether it was Bible study, Sunday school, and church. Mm. Uh, Whether she had to work, she made sure that we were at some church on a Sunday, and uh, one of her friends was watching us, so mm-hmm. she had some hawk eyes on us. But uh, <laughs> So I, that developed my faith very early on. And uh, as far as pursuing a career in equipment, it was mm-hmm. really basically by accident. Yeah. Uh, my high school coach, Coach Robert Morgan, uh, <clears throat> he told me, hey, you know you can get a scholarship doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me go gung-ho in it because I yeah. wanted to get a degree. Yeah. And I knew that if I did it, if I got a scholarship, I had a better chance at mm. uh, pursuing my goals there. So, did it throughout high school. I was probably about a buck and a buck thirty, so <laughs> I, there was no way I was going to be yeah. able to play. And uh, ended up getting a scholarship with Mississippi State and uh, stumbled upon the NFL doing summer mm. internships with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and the rest of it's just been like history. I didn't go into it thinking this would be mm-hmm. my uh, chosen career path. I actually. Went to college to uh, pursue my degree in journalism because wow. I was working at the uh, local newspaper in Vicksburg, Mississippi as a yeah. sports writer. So yeah. that's what I went to school for. But, you know, as I walked through faith, this is kind of where it led me to. Hmm. That's awesome, Mike. And I think for so many people, that's a very similar story of if you kind of just stumble upon a career, right? It's yeah. not that you really plan it. For some people, obviously, there is some of that planning. But I love that that's, that's your story because yeah. people always – wonder how did you get into this equipment world what is it like and, and how did you i guess have that vision and it's cool to, for you to share that i didn't really have that vision it's just kind of what one ended up happening so yeah i i just knew that uh through example of my mom was hmm. just be a hard worker yeah and as an equipment manager 
you that's what you do that's all you do is work that's so what you do. found out i was really good at it um just relating with with the players coaches and everyone throughout the building and really grew fond of the career yeah the position and uh just kind of stuck it out mm-hmm. and I've, I've i've done some pretty cool things because of absolutely. it so absolutely brother and you know, Mike, I think it's cool. You started your career at the college level, and I mentioned New Orleans and Benedict, but you actually left uh, New Orleans in 2008 and began working with the Texans as an equipment services assistant. Share with us what led to that transition and, and what were some of the challenges of going from that college level to the NFL yeah. level? So I, I moved to New Orleans one year before Katrina hit. Wow. And I, I started my NFL internships with the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. and I was – you know, fortunate to work under a legend in Dan Simmons. They call him Chief. He's in the Saints Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Silky Powell, who was his assistant, God rest his soul. Um, I, you know, I was in New Orleans for about four years, mm-hmm. and my career was not going the way I wanted it to. Yeah. So I, I said a prayer one morning. I was like, Lord, you say walk by faith, and uh, I'm going to leave it in your hands. Mm-hmm. So I resigned from the University of New Orleans, and then Chief called me and was like, hey, why don't you come work with us? So I ended up going over to the Saints, and I was going to work training camp, work the season yeah. in 2008 and see what happened. Well, just by chance or whatever you want to call it, I call it faith, uh, God's plan. Mm. Uh, the New Orleans Saints were practicing against the Houston Texans in a joint practice. A lot of teams do it now, yeah. and uh, we were doing it that summer against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my beliefs that I always tell kids whenever they come work with us yeah is to be seen not heard mm. and it's simple just work and don't yeah. let your mouth speak for you you know don't try to go in and try to be the totally. loudest person in the room totally. just work and um throughout those practices I didn't realize it but I was getting noticed by Rick Smith he was the general manager of the Houston Texans mm. and uh after our game they went back home and one of their assistants he resigned and uh Rick called up Mickey Loomis, IGM, and was like, hey, who's that young cat you had running around out of practice? And Mickey was like, hey, it's Mike. And he was like, yeah, he's kind of grew up with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, well, I want to interview him for the position we have opening here. And, I mean, probably a month, I was I was packed up and moving to Houston. Wow. So I've always That's walked awesome. by faith. That's what I just, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just a, yeah. I would say my foundation is faith. So Absolutely. That's awesome, Mike. And, and we'll talk a lot more about your foundation being faith. It's so evident in, in your story. And that's, that's why I love having you on today is just having you uh, yeah. share on it. Because, I mean, you've been so many places, as you mentioned, and and, and so many cool things have happened that, that really have been God's provision, right? Yeah, and, and God no looking doubt. over you and in your journey. And what's really cool about it is you, you went to the Texans based on that practice. And then only, I think, seven years later, right, you were pr- promoted to the director yeah. of equipment services with the Texans in 2015. And so I'd love to hear, and I think our listeners are interested, what led to you receiving that promotion? I think so many young people are like, well, hey, I'm in this position as an assistant or intern. How, mm-hmm. how do I get to that next level? And then how did you navigate that transition of being a leader? Yeah. So when, when, you're, when you're part of an organization for a long time, mm-hmm. people start to see you as that role that you're currently in. Yeah. And what you have to do is you have to show them you know, not all at once, but over the time that uh, you if you give him more responsibilities, you mm-hmm. can handle it. And um, basically by doing that, you know, taking ownership of what you do, 
try to be the best at what you do and mm -hmm. don't just say that's not my job always right. take on new responsibilities right. don't worry about pay that's one thing i never really discuss um even when i was interviewing for the job with the minnesota vikings my pay mm -hmm. never was brought up because wow. i don't think it's important yeah um some of the things that I had to navigate, um, being that I was in the organization for seven years, mm -hmm. you know, had a great relationship with the players. Mm -hmm. The organization wanted to know that I can take on a leadership role and that the respect level that I had with the players could correlate to me being a head mm -hmm. guy. Because when you're the head guy, you're dealing with problems on a day-to-day -day basis. You have totally. to demand respect from the players. Totally. You know, what I say is what I mean and, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was very easy yeah. because that's how I was as an assistant. Yeah. I demand respect. I give it, I give it back. Totally. And um, basically, just be the person that you are. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be anything that you're not. And that, that was very natural to me. So Yeah. That's awesome, Mike. Yeah. That's awesome, Mike. And, and really, I think so often the, the, the things that make you stand out as a young professional in this industry or as a professional in general is the intangibles, yeah. right? It's the things that you can't necessarily teach. Certainly there's a professional aspect to your role, mm -hmm. right? You had to understand, especially for being in football equipment, there's so many moving parts and so many pieces to the travel aspect of it, yep. ordering the gear, the things that I don't even know about, right? But there also is those intangibles that I yep. think uh, you need to have, right? As a, as a leader, um, especially. So I appreciate you sharing on that for our listeners too knowing that your story wasn't like, oh, I was, you know, I spent one year as the assistant, then I was the director. It was yeah. seven long years, seven which I'm years. sure were, were a grind and yeah. a lot of challenges in those seven years as well. No so. doubt. And I always tell people um, a good leader has great emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Um, you know, we deal with problems all the time, and I, I consider it a challenge, mm. and I welcome it because yeah. I think it's a, it's a great privilege for people yeah. to come to me with their problems absolutely and know that i can solve it but just being the same person every day you know yeah, consistency. when i come in i, I try to have the same attitude it's, yeah i don't immediately start talking work with my guys it's like good morning how was your day how was your yeah. night you know build a rapport with them and show them hey i'll do the same things that i'm asking you to do yeah whether it's sweep the floor vacuum mm -hmm. i love doing stuff like that so yeah that's what i always tell people is that's you really know good it's I love being a leader. I don't like being a boss. Yeah, and, huge difference. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, my guys, they'll tell you I don't. I don't like being called boss. So yeah, they they laugh about that because yeah, you know, I just I, I don't like it. I, I think it's an insecurity mm -hmm. to to say that you're a boss, run around yeah. bossing people around. I just think you treat people with respect. Yeah, you get them ownership, let them do their jobs, mm. and the results speak for themselves. Yeah. That's that's just the way. I, and and don't micromanage. Hmm. Um, That's good. I don't like being micromanaged, so I don't Me do either. it. <laughs> and um, the results you see from the guys, because you're cultivating an environment where you allow them to be creative. Hmm. And well, like I said, they take ownership in totally. it. Totally. And when somebody feels like they own something, you you don't have to. Their hmm. pride in in what they put into it every day. Yeah. It shows every day. Absolutely. And I'm I'm curious, Mike. I love what you shared. I think. All of those are tremendous qualities of a leader. How did you learn to become that leader? Was it by seeing someone in, in your journey that was mm -hmm. exemplifying those things? Like, I'd love to hear, hear Yeah. That. No, um, like I said, I was, I've been very fortunate to work for, so, for, for some legends in the equipment industry. I worked yeah. for Phil Silva, 
in Mississippi State. He was there for 30-plus years. Mm, yeah. I worked with Dan Simmons, chief. Wow. He was there with the Saints for, forty, I think, 43 years. Wow. And then I'm replacing Dennis Ryan with the Minnesota Vikings, who was here for 47 years. I actually had dinner with uh, Dennis last night. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, you have to understand, when I was an intern with the Saints, when we went through Katrina, um, the organization went through something that no other organization had ever been through, mm. a natural disaster that just completely destroyed our city. And to watch my boss have to, and I just use that word boss, I don't <laughs> mind calling somebody else boss, yeah, but yeah. I don't like being called it. Totally. But to watch him go through moving an organization, first of all, we were in Oakland, Yeah. played a preseason game, and then we went to San Antonio. But to watch him have to navigate moving an organization hmm. to San Antonio in a span of about three days, not knowing whether his house was still standing or dry, oh, uh, his wife, and she, I just watched him. Yeah. I always tell people I'm an observer. I watch yeah. people. And I just watch how he handled that. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. Yeah. That any little problem someone come to me with, yeah. it, you know, I always say don't make an anthill into a mountain. Totally. And every problem has a solution. Yeah. And when you're, when you're calm, you're cool and collected, mm -hmm. you can make sound decisions. So totally. That's, I'm, I'm really big on stuff like that. That's but good. even when I was at Mississippi State as a student, Phil Silva, he allowed us to do mm. things. He didn't yeah. like micromanage, hey, you got to do this, 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 this. He allowed us to do it. And that's kind of where I started getting that, yeah. gaining that experience of running an equipment room mm. was through him. It's awesome. It's awesome, Mike. And I think for our listeners, you know, so many of them are in that stage of their career where they're just getting started, student managers, yeah. GAs, uh, assistants, right, whatever they, wherever they are. And this is the time where you can learn, uh, for better or for worse, from your leader, right? No doubt. How can I exemplify or maybe not exemplify these exactly. things that, that I'm around right now when I get to that position. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you sharing on that. You know, truly there's, there's tons of books on leadership, but I think no, the, no. the, the mm -hmm. best way is to just be around it and yeah, learn, learn from I it agree with that. By, by experience for sure. And Mike, really a, a significant aspect of your story is being let go from the Texans in 2021, obviously a challenging time, but I'd, I'd love for you to share with us how you dealt with that news. I mean, when you reach this pinnacle, right, of being in the yeah. NFL as a director and then that's taken away, I would just love for you to share how you dealt with that despite those those difficult circumstances. Yeah, it was uh it was tough because, you know, you I given thirteen years, that's a lot of time to an organization. And uh, <clears throat> missed a lot of friends' weddings and mm. everything like that. Um, just to make sure that I did what I could for the organization. Yeah. So when they uh let me go um, to be honest with you, I was kind of relieved, uh, but I felt so bad because all of my assistants got let go too. Hmm. So I was yeah. more worried about them because, you know, I'm a very aware person yeah. and I can see things that were going on hmm. and, and I felt like, uh, certain people were trying to set me up to fail, but through the grace of God and prayer, I was not going to allow that to happen. Totally. And I just started seeing things being taken away from hmm. me. And, you know, I took it all in stride. I smiled. I prayed. Yep. And, you know, through my faith, uh, I was in the process of buying my mom a house. And I, and I knew at the time I was like, you know, this probably is not a good sound investment being that I'm probably going to be out of work here in about three months. So I mm. prayed on it. And I, I prayed to God. And I said, mm. Lord, I said, give me some guidance. Yeah. Do I continue with this? 
Do I pull the plug on it? What do I do? And one night I went to sleep, I woke up and he spoke through me, hmm. spoke to me and said, keep going with it. You, you're going to be fine. So when I got let go, my mom, she was worried. And like I told her, I said, mom, don't worry. I, I, I started working on this months ago. Yeah. I paid. I pretty much paid everything off. Because when you get fired, the one thing you're worried about is how you're going to pay your bills. Totally. And throughout COVID, I started making sound investments. And it worked out pretty good for me. Yeah. And so I had everything lined up where finances was not going to be an issue. Yeah. But the thing that I had to worry about when I first got fired was, mm. and I did not know it was going to be national news of me being fired was your pride. Yeah. And thank God I don't have an ego. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, I signed an NDA that I wouldn't really discuss what happened, why, why it happened. Still don't to this day know why it happened, but I thank God that it did happen yeah. because it allowed me to uh, go through a lot of things that mm. had I been employed, I wouldn't have been able to go through. Yeah. Uh, spent a lot of time with my mom. Spent a lot of holidays with my family. Yeah. Um, realized the important things in life. Mm. Uh, gained a lot of new friends. Totally. Lost some friends. Um, realized that I did want to continue being an equipment manager. Just mm. didn't know where it was going to yeah. end up being. But um, throughout that whole situation, I learned patience. And mm. I always knew that. God has always had my back. So yeah. I, I was never really worried worried about it. But a lot of people, a lot of friends, they were, they were worried about me. Mm. They were like, hey, when are you going to get back to work? And I'm like, I'm not in a rush. Because there were some teams that did express some interest. And I just, I wanted to be in the right situation. Yeah. And, you know, just continue to pray on it. And <laughs> I was getting ready to go to Aspen. And then I got a phone call about this opportunity potentially open it up and I just prayed to God hmm. that morning I was like Lord I'm, I, I think I'm ready to get back into it yeah and then I got a phone call about this opportunity amazing timing yeah coming up so wow faith is a big thing for me yeah yeah really absolutely big. Mike and I, I know Mike I love your story and, and not because you were let go I think that's obviously the, the the bad part about it right but the good part is it Really throughout it, right, and, and I've known you for, for about a year now, is, is you've kept a level head, yep. positivity, joy, and patience, right? Mm -hmm. And all those things are, one, fruit to the Holy Spirit, but two, I think it just shows that life is bigger than a career, yeah. right? And for so many young people that work in this industry, it becomes everything, and when it's taken away, it's like, well, like where's my worth and my value? Exactly. Your worth and value is not in success of an organization or the logo of the organization mm -hmm. or the brand. It's, it's in what Christ thinks about you, right? That's your worth and your value. So. I always tell people this. Do not let a job title define who you are. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I was Mike Parson, the director of equipment for the former team I worked for. But when I got let go, mm -hmm. that was that was not my identity. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I got let go. The next day, I was hunting. The next week, I was traveling. Throughout the last two years, I've been golfing yeah. and just having fun. And mm. I always say this. If you going to claim faith and belief in God when everything is going good, you got to understand that it's like the weather. 
Clouds yeah. are going to come rolling in. Totally. It's not going to be sunny every day. So when things are not going good, I'm not going to let the devil win. Totally. And for two years, the devil, he has tried to attack me by saying, look at your God. What is he doing for you right now? Mm. And all I would say is I rebuke you. Get away yeah. from me. Get away from me, Satan. And I kept busy by traveling. I, I've been some to some beautiful places in this world, mm. experienced some different cultures and yeah. really just lean heavily, heavily on God. Mm. And uh, I used to always say, Lord, I don't know why I'm going through this, but yeah. I trust you yeah. and that I know that when I come out of this, it's going to be one heck of a testimony. Mm. And um, I mean, back in August, shortly after I met you guys in Nashville, yeah. um, I just got back from Croatia, Monaco, spent three, three weeks over in Europe and uh, wow. met you guys down in Nashville. Yeah. And it was shortly after I got back from there, I got a phone call from my sister. And she was like, you need to come on home because mom's not doing too good. Mm. So I, I get home and my mom was in ICU. And I spent about six days with her. And um, me and my pastor, we were eating lunch. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I said, Pastor Goodman, I don't know why. I said, I didn't know why uh, God allowed all this to transpire in my life, I said, but now I'm starting to see why. Yeah. I said, I need to be here right now in this moment. Yeah. It's the reason why all I went through. And I said, I have no doubt that if my mom walk out of here or whatever God's will is, hmm. that my blessings are going to start flowing after I'm done with this. Yeah. And, you know, the next day is when she passed. But, you know, the greatest thing that greatest satisfaction I get out of yeah. all of that was that I was able to be there, hold her hand hmm. and and tell her. Hey, it's okay to go. It's okay to go to heaven. Um, you know, Man. had to make that tough decision and not resuscitate. Totally. But, you know, my siblings, they were all like, listen, you you you're in, you do what you feel is the right thing for her. Hmm. And I just prayed on it real quick and God was like, Let her go. Hmm. She's coming to heaven. So, you know, yeah. we went through all that and uh sure enough, it went, you know, five months afterwards. I think I'm uh it might have been a little bit longer, but now I'm here. Yeah. In such a great situation. Crazy. Minnesota Vikings are a great organization. Yeah. From top to bottom. Mm. <clears throat> great facilities. The people in the building are yeah. phenomenal. Mm. So I'm I'm blessed to be here. I really am. It's amazing, Mike. I really appreciate you sharing on that and, and sorry for your loss, of course. Yeah, no, it's it's you know, it's it's part of life you it live is. you die everyone, everyone has to do it mm-hmm. and that's what you do from that time you're born mm-hmm. until you die yeah it's going to determine what's going to happen after you die it's and that, it's that time frame i know what my mom is and it's it was just a bless a blessing Comforting. for me to be there yeah. with her as she was transitioning so absolutely it, it really makes me think of story of joseph right and i, I just love that's one of my favorite stories in the bible story of joseph and He's betrayed by his brothers, sent into slavery in Egypt, put in prison, right? But then he reaches a point of power in Mm -hmm. in Egypt, right? And his wisdom allowed him to prepare and and allowed Egypt to prepare for the famine, seven years of famine. And he stored up grain for seven years, and for seven years there was food. And then his brothers came back and were able to survive the famine because of Joseph being there, right? And so sometimes these tough things happen, right, where we don't understand the greater picture, right? But God does, right? And, and he sees, okay, at this point, 
you know, Joseph's going to be put into slavery. He's going to be in Egypt, but that's going to actually benefit the whole world and, yeah. and his family because of that. So I think your story is very similar and, in and that way. Especially in sports. You know, everyone is, is, is ego-driven. Uh, everyone yeah. wants to ascend so quick. Yeah. No one wants to really put in the work yeah. and um, go about it, you know, not the wrong way, but mm-hmm. ev- everyone wants to be that instant gratification is what I call it. Yeah. And um, pride and ego is everything. Hmm. And when you get fired, it can be a shot to your ego. Because one thing you learn is the phone stop being answered. Yeah. People don't call you. Hmm. Uh, people that you thought were your friends really weren't. And, you know, I thank God every day that he showed me that. Yeah. And it's not like I'm being malicious toward it, but it's totally. like, hey, <laughs> Thanks for the congratulations, but yeah. where were you at the last two years right. when I needed you the most? Right. And, you know, but like the great philosopher J. Cole said, the pride is the devil. <laughs> exactly. It really is. And yeah. a lot of people, they let it control them. It doesn't mm. define, I, the title doesn't define me. As a matter no. of fact, I never tell people what I do. Yeah. The only way people know is if they just know who I am. Yeah. But I don't tell people what I do because I don't want them to mm. define me as, Oh, he's the equipment guy for the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. So the great thing yeah. about moving to Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis is a lot of people don't know who I, who I yeah. am. So that's good for now. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing on that, Mike. And you know, I think what's cool too about your story is you did take those those two years off, as we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And for so many people, and you kind of you touched on this a little bit of there'd be the fear of finances, right? Which yep. which is good that you took care of that, right? There's also the fear of well, if I take too much time away, am I ever going to be able to get back in? Exactly. And those two are the things that I think people worry about. So share with us, why did you spend so much time away, and how did that break period help you to recalibrate? Yeah. So I used to always think about, what would I do if I won the lottery? You know, right. you know, you got endless amount of money, which I didn't have, but right. I didn't have to worry about money. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know what? Let's Let's do those things. Yeah. I said, let's travel the world. And my good friend, we went some great places, experienced some great, you know, I love going to music festivals and stuff like that. And uh, we just kind of went with the wind yeah. and really had no set schedule. Every time I went anywhere, I only booked one-way tickets. Yeah. And I learned really and truly to just let things happen. Hmm. Um, That's awesome. But the reason why I wanted to... I really wanted to, I said to myself, when I look back on life, mm-hmm. the opportunity that God gave me over those two years, did I take advantage of them? Yeah. And without without hesitation, it's absolutely a yes. Yeah. Like I said, I've gained some new friends, some yeah. true friends over the last two years. But the experiences that I've gained, you know, spending Christmas with my, my family and my mom's birthday just being able to be around my family yeah. those last two years have been been great. And they're a little sad that I moved all the way up here. Totally. Because I was able to just hop in the car and be at home in six hours. But yeah. they also understand what, what I'm passionate about yep. and what I love to do. So they're very happy for me. Mm-hmm. And my older sister, she actually cried whenever I told her that I got this <laughs> job. And she was like, it, that ain't nothing but God because you, he knew where you needed to be at. Yeah when you need to be there. So, so true. Yeah, but I, I, I experienced some great traveling, going yeah. to different, you know, 
uh, going to Croatia, yeah. spending 10 days on a yacht when I couldn't even swim. Now, <laughs> when I got back, I started taking swimming lessons. Yeah. I just wanted to grow as a person. Totally. And uh, that was one thing that I wanted, like you said, recalibrate, recalibrate yeah. get a little rest. Totally. But I stayed up to date with uh, a lot, probably about four equipment guys. Mm-hmm. Eric Kennedy with the Seahawks, Greg Delamitros with the Eagles, yeah. Kaniko Hines with the Ravens. Uh, I stayed in touch with those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Tony Mellon with the Bears. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Joe Chimino with the Dolphins. They all kind of kept me in a loop on what was going on in the league because, yeah. you know, they kind of wanted me to get back in it. Totally. And, I mean, at the time, I wasn't going to get back in. I had went and got my mortgage broker's license and started learning the mortgage game. Uh was working with Braxton Sherrill, my old college coach, Jackie Sherrill. Yeah. His son, he had his own uh, mortgage firm. Hmm. So I started working with him and started ingratiating myself into the mortgage wow. industry. And then right about that time is when the interest rates started rising. Yeah. So there wasn't too many loans being distributed by me, especially because right. I was just trying to yeah. get into the game. Right. And um, then this opportunity hmm. came came about. Yeah. And I, I just knew it was the right opportunity mm-hmm. because one, I said that I didn't want anyone to get fired for me to get a job. Yeah. That's one. And then two, I wanted to be in a great organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's some good organizations in the NFL. Yeah. But the Minnesota Vikings are <clears throat> one of the great organizations mm-hmm. as far as if you look around the building, yeah. how, how, how long people have been there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the great opportunity to have a uh, one-on-one Zoom meeting with Mark Wilf. Mm. Uh, me and him for about a half an hour. Mm. And uh, I told wow. him about my experience when I was in uh, Jerusalem wow. with uh, USG, yeah. his managers on a mission at the yeah. time, and that him and his family at the uh, Holocaust Museum that we went mm. to, they had a plaza named after them. So wow. that was a, in, 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 they really loved to run the organization like a family. So I just felt like I was... I was in the place I needed to be. Good opportunity. Yeah, it was too good of an opportunity to let go. So that's why I went after it, and uh, we're here today. (laughs) It's amazing, brother. It's so good to have you here. And and I want to go back to what you mentioned of of being in Jerusalem with with USG and just share with us what that trip did for your own faith journey. I think just you go to a place like Israel where Jesus walked, lived, yeah. and talked, and, and you're able to experience that. Just share with us what that did for your faith. So that was uh, 2019. <clears throat> 2015, I had got, got promoted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, throughout the whole time, I was like, okay, Lord, yeah. wh- why did you put me in this position? And um, how can I use it, this position to glorify you? Yeah. And uh, I would go to equipment meetings, and that's when I met Drew. Mm. And uh, I noticed that it was a Christian faith-based organization. I was like, wow, they go to Africa. Let me kind of align myself with him. So me and Drew talked, Mm -hmm. and I told him, I said, hey, I was like, what would have to happen for me to go on one of these mission trips? Wow. And uh, he was like, just I'll give you the dates and you let me know. So Mm. the only uh, trip that it lined up to was the one in Jerusalem. Yeah. uh, so I talked to my organization, and they were they were cool with letting me go. Yeah. But when I got over there, it really taught me. Hmm. One, like I said, I've always been a faith faithful guy. Yeah. But as we all do, sometimes we kind of stray away. Totally. When we get caught up in the world, and without a doubt, we're we're trying to build our career, hmm. and 
sometimes you got to remember how you got there. Yeah. And, you know, when I was there is when I said to myself, I really want to rededicate my life to Christ. Wow. And uh, I had Drew and Seth baptize me in the Jordan. Mm. But they, the whole trip just changed who I was when I got yeah. back. Some of my players, they even noticed the, the difference in me. Wow. I became a more patient person. Uh, I've always been a respectful, kind person, but it just re yeah. it, it, it just reinvigorated me as a Christian. It's amazing. That, you know, I can, one, open up the Bible mm. and I can read a chapter and say, wow, <clears throat> I walked on that same street. Or Amazing. You know. So, so cool. Yeah, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, yeah. uh, being over there for three weeks, yeah. having fun with the kids, understanding that their upbringing is completely different totally. from mine. But we all have this one we're all aligned in our faith in Christ commonality yeah, yeah. so that 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 trip was did so much for me as a person mm. and as a christian um yeah. and, and it helps me in my daily walk as I'm dealing with players mm. because you know you deal with so much with the player totally. not just football you know uh yeah. life totally. a lot of life deals and you know a lot of the guys the greatest thing someone can put into you is trust. Yeah. And a lot of guys trust me. And they, they know I'm going to give them a straight, yeah. honest answer. So I'm building that relationship with guys here in Minnesota. Had great relationships with guys in Houston. And, That's uh, good. It's, 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 a great, it's a great thing that God has really put me in this yeah. position, that I can help mentor these young guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it's such a place of influence. And I think that's why we exist as an organization, is the sport industry – from a leadership perspective is one of the few ways you can actually impact what happens on the field from yeah. a deeper faith perspective, right? It's you can be a light and a witness to Christ through how you live and act and treat others and work, right? No I mean, and, and it reflects on, on Jesus, right? And so I think, you know, you have a unique position and so many people in the industry have that position of you're going to impact not just, you know, your interns in, in the front mm -hmm. office, but the players, yep. right? And, and that translates to the field and to the fans and to the city. So there's yeah. a greater influence, right? If you see that in mm -hmm. that image, right, it goes and it goes and it goes of the impact you could have in this position. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing on that, Mike, and on the mission trip, too, of what these experiences abroad can really do. I think people sometimes have hesitations yeah. in going outside the country, which, you know, it does make sense that sometimes that can be a nerve I'm, a nerve wracking I mean, thing. I, I can understand some people having a little bit of fear about that, because I did. Totally. But to be honest with you, I feel a lot more safe when yeah. I travel than sometimes here. Yeah. And I love what you have to do is get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I love going into different cultures. Yeah. One can't even speak the language. Right. But comfortable enough to get in there and totally and, and understand body language. Totally. And just let your ego go and get in their cultures yeah. and don't think you better than them. And, no, I, I I understand what pe why people would have a little hesitation. Yeah. But I promise you, once you get that first passport stamp, mm -hmm. man, you get addicted. It won't stop. No, it, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to That's some of the awesome. places I'm gonna go in the future. If, yeah. If the Lord's if it's the Lord's will, you know. Absolutely, I appreciate you sharing on that, Mike. And you know, one thing that really struck me, Mike, and and you getting back into the NFL is you spent so much time away. And then you kind of probably had to convince yourself to do it, right? So what was that convincing factor for you of, okay, this Vikings opportunity is on the table. I'm going to take it. <laughs> really, I didn't, I didn't need much convincing because I just I knew 
like I said, faith is everything to me. Yeah. And everything was just lining up. Absolutely. Where, I mean, silly things like there were so many people on staff that I worked with in yeah. the past. And we, throughout the season, I watched every Minnesota Viking game, became a fan of Kevin O'Connell, became a mm. fan of Quasi, yeah. and how they do things. And, her, you know, people around the league talk. You hear how well the people are treated. Totally. And the, my friends that were here, mm-hmm. we I would test them at the games. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be on the. I remember the Indianapolis game when they were down. What was it? Thirty. Thirty nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on the golf course, and I saw the score, and I was like, "Oh man!" And then I get off the 18 green. And I looked at the score, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! How did they just come back?" So just testing yeah. them, and they they they're telling me how happy they are, and. Hmm. them sending me pictures of them on the plane and they're smiling and I was like man that would be an organization I would love to be a part of and the stars just aligned yeah I mean I made a trip here uh, my first year out yeah and uh, went to a T-Wolves game yeah came and visited the headquarters here me and Mikey went to the T-Wolves game and Hmm. uh, the Steelers were playing against the Vikings that Thursday and I dipped out of town that so everything just started lining up, totally. and uh, I was completely convinced that it was the right thing to do. I mm-hmm. was never worried about do I remember everything yeah. because it's natural to me. Totally, like it's something I'm very passionate about. It's like riding a bike. Yeah, get back into it. You know, the the one thing I really was worried about, and it wasn't really that much of a worry, but mm. I was I was more empathetic toward the guys that were here already. Yeah. The guys that work with me now, totally. I was worried about how would they see me, hmm. uh, because you know they worked for a legend for a long, long time, and I wanted to earn their respect um, and trust. And hmm. man, we we clicked very early. That's awesome. And, and you know, like I said, insecurity. I could have came in, could have brought some people with me, hmm. but I'm very secure in who I am. Yeah, that I can win anybody over. Yeah. Not really winning, but just being myself. Totally. That I can uh, gain their trust and respect. Mm-hmm. And those guys, are they've been great. Yeah. Really been great. So It's amazing. Yeah, it was like riding a bike for me. It's good. And uh, finally, I'm able to exhale a little bit because we yeah. went straight into, you know, I got hired April 26th. Well, April 21st, and I was here and the on the 25th. Like and the draft later. was that same week. Man. And, you know, I was I think I was here for four days working. <laughs> and when the draft was over with, I yeah. saw Quasi, our general manager. I saw him yeah. upstairs. And he was like, oh, you're here? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't want to bother you. And he was like, oh, I, you're not bothering me. But, yeah, everyone here has been so welcoming and made mm. it so easy. And I've only been here two months. I yeah. Think. And it seemed like I've been here forever. That's amazing. That's I mean, that's how good of an organization they really are. And that's what so, you want, right? Is you're seeking, the, seeking these opportunities, yep. right? You, you got to find it. This is what I love, too, about your patience, Mike, is you waited, and it seems like, man, two years, you know, could it be three, could it be yeah. four? You waited for the right opportunity, yeah. which is just having wisdom, right, of mm-hmm. knowing when I get back into this, I want it to be what's best for me. Exactly. And, and really just pouring into an organization that you know is going to pour back mm-hmm. into you. I think that's, yep. that's something as well. And I think it was a good uh, match <clears throat> as far as my personality, Yeah. Uh, my positive attitude. Absolutely. Which I'm naturally just a positive person. Yeah. Um, and the way our head coach is and mm. our GM and our ownership. Yeah. And then how everyone else is in totally. the building. So I, th- I thought it was just a perfect match. 
Absolutely, Mike. I hope they do too. <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. I bet they do. And Mike, lastly, I really just want to touch on this for our listeners. For for young professionals, it can be hard to deal with transition, whether it be being let go um, or or just finding a new job and stepping yeah. into a new role. So, what advice would you give from your testimony to a listener who is facing a season of transition or is struggling to land a job in sports? It's it's really and truly it's part of the process. Yeah. And, I mean, nothing happens overnight, so you, you really have to enjoy the ride. And, and the way I always tell people this, hmm. that when you, when you worry about something and then you accomplish it, hmm. you sit back and say, why was I worried? Yeah. So you sit up there and you, you're worrying all night. You're not sleeping. You're not mm. doing this. Yeah. And, you, and you're basically killing yourself, totally. worrying about it. And then you get through it and you're like, Man, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. So, <clears throat> true faith is having the un, uh, having the fear of the unknown. Mm. And if you believe in Christ like I do, and my track history with Christ has always been good. Mm-hmm. He's never let me down. So why would he do it now? Totally. When I've done everything he asked me to do. Totally. Sometimes when you're going through something, and in sports, getting fired is... It's part of it. Yeah, it's, 100%. I mean, if it doesn't For happen, everybody, coaches, yeah. GMs, doesn't matter. For everybody. So, you know, <clears throat> if it happens to you hmm. and you're a believer in Christ, what do you think he's doing? Hmm. He was telling me, Mike, you're being obedient. You're being disobedient right now. You're, not, you're starting to get unhappy here, and you're not going to do it on your own, so I'm going to do it for you. Yeah. He took it away from me, and I accepted it. Mm-hmm. I did everything he asked me to do. Yeah. And now I look back on it and all it is is a greater testimony. Yeah. But had I handled the situation differently, then it's not as good of a testimony. Exactly. Because everybody's watching me. If yeah. I'm, you know, I got let go and I disappear. And I'm, I mean, I did disappear a little bit. <laughs> but if I'm just a negative person, yeah. if I'm mad and angry at the world Mm. then here i am i'm walking around telling everybody i'm a christian and then something bad happens to me yeah did i exemplify the characteristics of a christian i I like to think that i did totally and it just makes for a greater testimony it does that later on when other people are dealing with the same things i went through Hmm. it's like hey (laughs) yeah you're talking to a guy that went through it yes Trust me, if you have faith, you believe, hmm. stay positive, and just take advantage of the time that God is giving you yeah. to recalibrate, find some things you enjoy in life that you otherwise wouldn't have known, yeah. and you come out like a, what what is that, like a, a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, or, you know, like animals that come look at nature when a, and I, I don't like to use snakes as an example because I just think <laughs> it's, it's not a good. It's, it's, but if you look at a snake, it shed its skin mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's something new. It's something new it and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way I was looking at this time. Totally. Of, the, of this season in my life was a time for me to shed my skin, a mm-hmm. time for me to recalibrate, yeah. rest. Start enjoying some time with my family. Hmm. Get to know my family. Because yeah. I had been away for 20 years. Totally. I hadn't been home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, 
hmm. or anything like that. My mom's birthday for 20 years. Wow. And come to find out it was the last one. Yeah. And, uh, wow. And, you know, when I, in that article that I wrote for USG yeah. on how to transit, how to handle unexpected transitions, I remember reading it. One of the things I wrote was I want to spend some time with my mom because you just don't know how much longer you get hmm. that time with them. Totally. And it was kind of prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> what seriously. I wrote in there, but that was that was critical to me. Totally. And for my mental health. Yeah. That I got to spend that time with her. Absolutely. And you know, um, just realize that things happen for a reason. Yes. You don't know that reason right then and there. Greater purpose. But if you yeah. believe in Christ, just know that He has you. Yes. And everything is going to be all right. Hmm. So well said, Mike. So it's so well said, and I love what you you mentioned about having a testimony. The only way you get a testimony is going through a storm. No doubt. Right? Or else you don't have a testimony. And mm-hmm. so I, I just think for our listeners, what I want them to learn from you, Mike, and, and, and you exemplify this so well, is that our relationship with Christ cannot be defined by circumstances because no. there are seasons when we have highs mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're living the dream and you're like, man, praise the Lord. But then when that dream falls flat or something happens that you can't control, yep. you still have to trust in Him and no you still doubt. have to be filled with joy by Him and not by the things that you're doing or your circumstances. So tremendous advice. And I think for our listeners, just to really walk through this industry, trusting Christ that when, not if, the failures come, because they will, be ready to continue leaning on Him for guidance and peace. Like I said, I tell people all the time, it's so easy to be a front runner. Totally. And in sports, you win, you lose. Mm -hmm. And I judge people, and I don't like to use the word judge, but like I said, I'm I'm an observer, and... I don't care how you act when we win. Totally. I want to see how you act when things are not going well. That's the bigger when picture. When we're losing, yep. are you coming in? Are you being a positive influence on our players? Yeah. On your coworkers? Mm-hmm. Or are you moping around and yeah. just angry all the time? Yeah. And I've had seasons where we started off 0-3 and, and we come back and won nine straight. And, you know, players were getting ready to have – Players only meeting, and I'm like, no, no, no. You guys are coming in every day. You're working hard. You have a positive attitude every day. Yep. Let's win this one, and let's see what happens. Totally. And then we just ripped off nine straight wins, made it to the playoffs. That's awesome. But always the greatest asset that you can be in mm. this industry is a positive influence Absolutely. on the people that's around you. Yeah. And understand that things are going to go bad, but 100%. you're defined by how you act when things are not going good. Totally. That's a hundred percent. It's the greatest test of character because yeah. it's it's easy to be joyful. It's easy to be uh, somebody that's that's fun to be around when you win. Mm-hmm. But when those tough times, whether it be a loss of a game or just a hard season yep. in general, what kind of person are you? And that exactly. and that's a great test of character. So, Mike, I, I just want to say I want to I take a minute to compliment you. I'm thankful for the person that you are. You know, I've I've been USG for two years now, mm-hmm. um, but what what these guys drew Mikey say about you, it's it's amazing and. So grateful for you given the time um, yeah. today and just in the past, right? If you guys don't know Mike, he's been a part of this organization since the trip in 2019 and yeah. has been consistently uh, a part of it and serving and supporting in so many ways. So we're grateful for you, Mike, and thanks for your time today. Thank you. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at Uncommon SG. Dot org. That's uncommonsg.org.
uncommonpodcast.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every other week on Thursdays at midnight Eastern time. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next time.